Hi, this is Allison Task. Welcome back to Personal Revolution. I am so glad you've chosen to join me today. I have a topic that I'm really excited about. It's something personal, and it's something that's definitely coming up in my client sessions. So here we go. I wanted to talk today about the notion of trading places, trading places with others, trading places with yourself. And this really came to light recently for me. My husband and I have decided to make a move for this pandemic year. I am typically the lead caregiver with our children, and he is typically the lead breadwinner. And we have chosen this year to reverse that. He's going to be a lead caretaker, which is a big deal in this year with the pandemic because it means he's schooling the children from home. Our schools are not open. We do not know when they will be open, which means he has two second graders and a first grader who he will be teaching from home four to six hours a day, organizing the Zoom, the tests, the pencils, the pencil sharpener, the write-on boards. It's a lot of logistics, and it's also a lot to keep their spirits high. I know because I did this from May through June last year, and he's going to be doing it this year. So we made that change. Because I did it last year, and because I know intimately how difficult it is, I know what he's walking into. I appreciate that he is giving me many more hours with which I can conduct coaching and run my coaching practice. I am working 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. and 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. So I'm coming home in the afternoon. I'll have a dinner with my family and out the door I go. He is managing breakfast, lunch, and dinner, activity for all three kids. He's managing the full day. We do not have babysitters or any additional resources or family nearby or anything. So we're really just doing it ourselves. And the other day, I went to a social distancing going away party for a friend of mine who's leaving the area. And on my way out the door, I just looked at him sitting there playing board games with the kids and thought, my God, I am only able to do this because he is managing our children. And I felt uh, really overwhelming gratitude. And I said to the children, let's do three cheers for daddy. Hip, hip, hooray, hip, hip, hooray. And uh, they did. And they they love love and affection. So they were very excited to, to cheer for daddy. And then I said, let's go around and say one thing that we appreciate about daddy. I felt so grateful walking out the door. I wanted to express it. I wanted to facilitate their expressing of it. And I wanted him to be able to receive it because he deserves to hear how grateful we all are for what he's doing. And then I went to my event feeling pretty good and grateful. And I, it was all women. And, you know, I mentioned to the other women, you know, there was a, a lot of the women there are the primary caretakers for their children. And they were saying, oh, it's so good to get out. Let my husband put the kids to sleep. Well, he can deal with it for once. You know, there was a resentment more than gratitude. Um, again, they're largely the primary caretakers. They haven't had this swap like I've had. They haven't handed off a lot of the labor that they do. And we know a lot of the the caregiving, certainly in this country, in America, is uh, not seen, not remunerated, and often not respected. So they, you know, they've got some resentment piled up. And I, I mentioned that I did this thing. I was like, I feel really grateful and appreciative to my husband right now. And they're like, oh, they didn't feel the same way. Um, well, I told my husband, make sure the air conditioning's turned on, and I slammed the door. And I felt really sad. I felt really sad for those partners that were not seen. And I felt sad for the the women who have been doing the majority of the caregiving and they don't feel seen, right? So, so instead of 
amplifying our lack of connection. I do wonder how we can amplify our gratitude for the work each other does. My husband does the recycling and garbage, you know, three times a week, flawlessly, in rain, in snow. And I always make an effort to say, hey, thanks. It's nothing I've ever done. To be honest, I don't know any chore in the house that's solidly mine. We share grocery shopping, cooking, childcare, bed making, cleaning, scrubbing the floors, all that stuff. We all do all of it. But garbage and recycling is solidly his. And I appreciate it. And I wonder if there is someone in your life who perhaps is an unsung hero. They make your life a little bit easier. They go the extra mile. They do things for you that go unseen. And I wonder if you could take a moment to see them. It could be a barista. It could be your favorite restaurant. It could be your neighbor. It could be your postman. It could be your UPS delivery person. It could be a guy who makes pizza for you and gives you an extra little smile or my pizza guy will throw in an extra drink for one of my kids. There are people in your life who are doing things to facilitate your life who you may not see. So my query to you right now is, I wonder if you can open your eyes to that person and imagine them doing that extra thing for you, doing that kind thing that maybe you haven't observed. And I wonder if you could take a minute to observe it. And I I wonder if this week you might reach out to them. In one of my episodes, I believe it's a networking episode, I talk about how we can reach back to people in our lives who've made an impact on us, who maybe don't know they've had an impact on us. I recently did this with a client of mine who reached back out to a childhood friend's parents who had a huge impact on her. She wrote them a letter and was just thrilled to relive those memories, put the letter in the mail. We don't yet know if the letter was received. So it's less about the reception and more about the gratitude for what has been given. My drama teacher, my theater teacher in high school was really instrumental in my life. And he is suffering from Alzheimer's now. And his daughter recently reached out to a bunch of us who he nursed through our theater program. And and actually people from the theater program in my public high school have gone on to major Broadway roles, Tony Award nominees. So this theater program is substantial and influential and impactful. Anyway, his daughter reached out to a group of us and said, hey, would you mind taking a few minutes to just share some thoughts about how he impacted your life? I was so thrilled to be asked, and I probably talked more than was necessary about how Mr. Waxman had a massive impact on my life and the specific memories, things he did that I don't even think he knows that he did things that had nothing to do with what his job was, but little small messages he gave to me throughout my years with him that made a huge impact on the person I became, the parent I became, the leader, the teacher I became. It's really powerful to look at the people who've influenced you and take a moment to be grateful. So we started this by me talking about my husband and I sort of shifting roles now and how grateful I am because I know what he's doing. And I know how hard it is and the gratitude I feel because I've been there. Then I was sharing ideas on the people who are in your life, who you don't see, who make an effort. I know from working in in four-star kitchens, I I used to work at Jean-Georges in the Trump Tower in New York City, 
very highly ranked restaurant. And I would go to great effort um, to make someone's meal perfect. They did not know. It was someone's birthday. I would go to great effort to go the extra mile and find the perfect rose petal to put on that dessert. So there are people in your life constantly who are working in service of you. And I challenge you to think of them, to find them, to remember them, and let your body flood with gratitude to the work they do for you. And last on this topic is you reflecting to yourself. Now, this is something I like to do with clients. It's sort of a a higher level exercise, but I love working on this with clients, which is if you in your 40s are frustrated wanting to make a job change, but you know, have created a pretty great life for yourself overall, right? There's a nuance that you want to switch, but overall life is large, right? You're traveling, you have great relationships, et cetera. I challenge you or I welcome you or I inquire if you would be open to speaking to your 20-year-old self or your 18-year-old self or your 28-year-old self and say, hey, listen, here's a little vision into the future. Here's what our life is going to look like. I want to let you know, here's where we're going. It's going to be interesting getting there, but these things that you're worried about now at 18, 20, 28, they won't be what you're worried about at 40. Here's what you'll be thinking about. What will your 20-year-old self have to say? So I look at my life now and in my 20s and 30s, more than anything, I wanted to have a family. I wanted to have children. I wanted to have the life I have now. And to be honest, the life I have now exceeds the expectations of what I was hoping for in my 20s. It really does. So when you go back to that earlier version of yourself and see what you were worried about and and see what your concerns were and look at what you've achieved in your life, how does it match up? More often than not, you've over-delivered on your expectations. More often than not, you've settled into a level of wisdom and happiness, and creativity, and contentment. And so even now, when you come to me as your coach and you want to make changes, it's best to make those changes sitting on the huge mountain of achievements you've had and gratitude you have for those achievements. And instead of looking at your barista for making a cute little heart foam on top of your coffee, we're looking at you, for having created these wonderful things in your life. And when you recognize what you've created, it's easier to create more. So I invite you to do a little Freaky Friday switch with yourself. Take yourself now and take yourself 20, 30 years ago and switch. And what would that version of you, the more youthful you, maybe you at half your age now, say if they met you in the present? Really think about it. If you could say to yourself at 20, and now I'm, you know, I I like, I'm 48, right? So if I could say to myself at 24, divide my age in half and say, hey, Allison, here's where we're going. Here's a little vision to your life. Here's what it's going to look like. You're going to have three beautiful children. You're going to have a healthy coaching practice where you really get to help people every day. You get to connect with people, elevate people. You'll attract people that you admire greatly and you get to work with them. I would relax. (laughs) My 24-year-old self would chill out. I would relax. I would feel happy and content 
and I wouldn't worry as much, right? I wouldn't worry as much. I would go gracefully into my future. So I invite you to trade places with someone you love who's helping you, with someone who you don't necessarily recognize is helping you, and with yourself for the gift of life that you've created for yourself, for the mountain you've climbed and continue to climb. And I hope that these thoughts help you climb with increasing grace, humility, gentleness, and compassion, because those are replenishing tools, right? Not the harshness, the self-criticism. Those actually, they motivate in a flawed way. Motivate yourself in a full way with grace and gratitude for where you're going and where you've been. Thank you so much for taking these moments with me. As always, it is a joy to be able to connect with you. Reach out if you have questions, podcast ideas, anything that you would like from me. I am here to serve. Lots of love and hugs and happy September. Take care and I look forward to connecting next week. Mwah.